0: is like
1: I wish it was neat and tidy and so do you but the thing I love about God is that we still have to maintain mystery in the infiniteness of God and still be able to say, we do know this, we do know this, the Bible teaches us this. We have a tendency to think that there's something deficient about Jesus when he says this stuff, but this is part of his perfections. Like he says that no man knows the day or the hour of my return, not even me.
0: Wouldn't it be nice if we could just give God a neat and tidy definition? If we could put him into a box that we could easily understand? and then relating to him would be simple. But Pastor Daniel reminds us in today's message that God is so far beyond what we can even think or imagine. We can't keep God in a box. We can't give him a simple definition. God is so great that he is a mystery to us at times, and yet he shows us pieces of who he is. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 20 as he continues his message, Serve As You Go.
1: presumption is when you think you know what's going on but you really don't know what's going on now i don't know about you the longer i walk with god the longer i realize that i am quite presumptuous that i think i know what god is up to i think i know what god wants to do but god's got a whole other plan and when jesus says something like you don't know what you're asking we should say what am i asking this if i don't know what i'm asking will you tell me what i just did And beauty, if you do that, God will talk to you about that. He'll explain it to you. But oftentimes, we just kind of run out ahead. And James and John aren't taking the time to figure out where they're wrong. Like, oh, yeah, sure. They don't even realize what they're getting themselves into. But look at what happens. Because from here in verse 23, it says, Jesus, and he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand, on my left hand, is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it was prepared by my father. Now Jesus says to them, he's like, you know, you're right, you will drink my cup. And if you look at church history in your Bible, you find out that of course, James, he was the first martyr in the early church by Herod. The apostle John, he ended up being banished as an elderly man on the mining Island of Patmos. He ended up receiving the revelation there, what we call the revelation of Jesus Christ, the book of revelation there. It was, church history tells us that the apostle John was, they tried to martyr him by boiling him in hot oil, but he wouldn't boil. So he's saying, yeah, you're gonna experience some of that. And he's like, you are able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized. No, scholars kind of argue about What does he actually mean? Some people say, well, listen, Jesus is talking about what he's gonna go through, the baptism of suffering for the forgiveness of people, and you are gonna be able to experience that. And some people say it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can read in Acts chapter two, and other people say, you know, so there's all different interpretations. So I don't wanna just say this is what it actually means because I don't really know. As I always say, if I can't give you an honest biblical answer, I can say, look, it could mean all these things, and it maybe means all those things together, or maybe some other nuances, water baptism, it could mean all these different things. But what I think is interesting is what Jesus says after that. He says, okay, you can experience some of the things that I'm experiencing, but then he says, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it was prepared by my Father. When it comes to serving as you go, you and I need to know our limits, and you need to know your limits. Know the limits of what God has entrusted to you. This is important, because Jesus is saying to them, you can have some of these experiences, but to give you these positions of power and prestige in my kingdom, to sit at my right hand, my left, it's actually not mine to give, but it was prepared by my Father. Now, the reason I bring this up is because, for many of us, the struggle we have with serving other people is we don't know our limits. Like you can't serve somebody so that they get saved. Because salvation is God's to give, it's not ours to give. You can't love someone to be a different person because our love is not designed to be transformational. At best, God will use the love that we give to somebody else, and it's God's goodness coming through us that will transform them. But what happens with service is we get this kind of, I have to do this, and if I do this, then this thing's going to happen, and we don't know our limits, and then we burn out, or we fry out, or we get insane, and we get mad at God because the things that we're doing trying to get something else is not having its impact. And I think for a lot of us, we struggle with this. And then we serve in fits and starts. Like I know some gals who are married to men who are not following Jesus and it breaks their heart because no matter what they do, they can't get their husband saved. They try aggravating them, nagging them, they try loving them and not saying a word. You can try everything that you know how to do to try and get this man from point A to point B. Right? And it's hard because you're forgetting that there are limits to what God asks of us. You can't change him. It's like when someone is really, really sick. You can run, it. you try everything and that's what you try and do to try and heal someone but no amount of human intervention can stop what God is doing or what God has ordained. So we have to know the limits in our service. We have to always remember what knobs are ours and on our side of the wall And what knobs are God's and on God's side of the wall. And this frees us up in serving. Because if we forget our limits, we think that everything is ours and we have to do this thing. But the Bible actually says we should serve, but we need to know the limits of what God has placed in front of us to do. See, Jesus is able to say to them, listen, to sit at my right and my left, it's not mine to give. It was for whom it was prepared by my father. He's saying, look, those positions are actually not mine to give out, but it's my father's. It's a beautiful thing here because we see Jesus in his humanity deriving his authority from his father. Now, that's a complicated discussion. I wish I had a sermon series on the Trinity and how this stuff all works. But in Jesus' humanity, there were things that he chose to limit his understanding of. You might say, well, how can Jesus not know that and be God? Because he's God and he can not know in his humanity what he doesn't want to know. And it's okay. Like, I wish it was neat and tidy, and so do you. But the thing I love about God is that we still have to maintain mystery in the infiniteness of God and still be able to say, we do know this, we do know this. The Bible teaches us this. We have a tendency to think that there's something deficient about Jesus when he says this stuff, but this is part of his perfections. Like he says that no man knows the day or the hour of my return, not even me. Wow. People are like, oh, well, that's why you can't believe in Jesus. No, no, no. He's still fully God. But you need to know your limits. And my friends, it reminded me of a great scripture verse. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, it says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. See, even though we need to know our limits, it is to our glory to search out a matter in God's kingdom. Say, Lord, I know you haven't given me understanding on this, but Lord, will you help me understand what you're doing? Lord, even though I'm not in control of this, God, what are you trying to accomplish? Will you help me understand who you are And what you're doing, even though this is beyond the scope of what I am allowed to do, Lord, will you bear the fruit that you want to bear in my life through this situation? See, don't take our limitations as a problem. It's actually God's opportunity. Our limitations is God's opportunity for us to step into something that is beyond us. And that's why it says it's to God's glory to conceal a matter, but it is also the glory of kings to search that matter out. Because God may give you wisdom, or he may choose to keep it concealed. But that's in God's prerogative, not ours. Now from there, interesting things go on. So think about the mom's request. She's like, look, I, I I can't give you that. It's outside the scope of my job description, so to speak. And look what happens in verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. And Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Now, imagine you're there with Jesus and John and James' mom rolls up and, and all this thing goes on. It says then that the other 10 were totally displeased. They were torqued at their friends. Now, why were they torqued at their friends? Well, simply, not because they were humble, but they were kind of bummed. They didn't ask the question. Like, why didn't I think to ask the Lord if I could be on his right? And they were mad at them. They're like, why did you do that? Why didn't you ask for all of us? You know, it was their own ambition that drove their displeasure. They even heard the fact that Jesus said, I can't give it to you. But they were kind of upset. It was their own jealousy. But then Jesus begins to teach, as he always does. And Jesus says, let me show you a more excellent way. He says, listen, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. My friends, we need to pursue greatness. We need to pursue greatness. Greatness. You may say, oh, pursue greatness. I want to be like LeBron James or Stephon Curry, a little Damian Lillard. I want to be like Peyton Manning or... Russell Wilson, you know, we have, oh, I want to be, you know, like this movie star, this actor. No, God's greatness in his kingdom comes from being different than the way the world lives. He says, listen, you know that in the people who do not know the true and living God, the people outside the covenant family of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Gentiles, you know that they're rulers, they lorded over people. You know that those who are great in this worldly kingdom of the Roman Empire, they exercise authority over them. You know what's amazing is, is our culture is the same way, right? It's about who's the boss? I'm the boss, right? I always think about my daughter Maranatha and my dad. They're so funny. My, you know, my Maranatha, she's the boss. Mar- she's eight. She's, Maranatha ain't playing, man. So cool. And so she'll see my dad, her pop, and Papa go, Maranatha, who's the boss? And then he'll go, I'm the boss. Maranatha go, No, I'm the boss. And they go back and forth, you know, like face to face. I'm the boss. I'm boss. The... and then all of a sudden, Maranatha goes, Wait, 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 Jesus is the boss. And I'm like, Amen, girl. You know. And then my dad, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, You're probably right. You're probably right. You know. <laughs> but then I'm the boss. And then they go back at it. It's super fun, you know. But that's the way our world works. See, because of the selfishness of humanity we have a tendency to want to exercise our power on our authority. Make sure that we lord it over other people. Just as in Jesus' day, it's still the same today. But I love this word because in verse 26, it says, yet it shall not be so among you. That word yet, it's a contrasting word. He's like, look, in the world, those who are in authority, they lord it over you. Like the Caesars, the Roman Caesars. It's their call, hmm, forget you all, right? Yet it it shouldn't be so among you. What's unfortunate is I think as the people of God, we're a little slow to grasp this stuff. We're a little slow to say, okay, in the world we exercise authority, we lord things over people, yet it shall not be so among you for whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. That's why I call this the need to pursue greatness as it's defined in the Bible. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, serve other people. Serve as you go. See, this is why we're doing this connect and serve. That's why we're doing it. Because we believe here at Crossroads, because Jesus is real, that we are a family of faith, fully engaged, which means each person in the family has a role to play. And each one of us needs to be servants. See, but the problem is our culture sees, no, everyone's here to serve me. Everyone's here to serve me. And the problem with that mentality is when everybody's in it for themselves, nobody experiences God's kingdom. When you say, you know what? It's not all about me. I'm going to help other people. Then all of a sudden we step into God's kingdom and outside of our own little fiefdom, our own little rebellion that we're running against God's kingdom, the kingdom of self. And something amazing happens when you begin to serve other people. Like I think about you can begin to serve our United Student Ministries, which is between 6th and 12th grade. I mean, this age range is so critical in human development. The things that our students find themselves involved in is going to shape the rest of their lives. And think about the impact that you can have by being a friend and a leader, somebody who helps them to understand the ways of God and the ways of this world. You get to be a voice when, for those in middle school and high school, their parents are starting to lose the ability to speak into their kid's life. Think about the impact that you can have on the next generation. See, for many of us, we're so busy just like, oh, the next generation, what are we going to do? Listen, you serve them in Jesus' name, and you help be someone who helps establish guardrails, someone who they can be learning from and hearing from, somebody who can come and you can help undergird God's ways the things that they've been hearing from their parents. You could be another voice into that. You think of the connections ministry. Every single week, literally hundreds of people come to visit Crossroads for the first time. We want this Big family to feel warm and inviting. I love hearing it. Our connections ministry is amazing. People say, I came to Crossroads. I, I met so many kind, loving people. I mean, it's, you guys are amazing here. I'm like, yeah, it's an amazing family. And I know for some of you right now, like, I don't have the time. I'm telling you, you don't have the time not to serve. Because why would you want to be not great in God's kingdom? I mean, think about it. It's like, when do you ever wake up and said, hey, all I want is to be mediocre in God's family? You know, it's like, that's not the way we're supposed to live. And I'm not only saying we should serve within the family, within the house, but you know, in every family, a healthy family, everyone's got a role to play, right? In any family within the house, like at our house, it's the dude's job to take out the garbage. You know why? Because God's daughters shouldn't get their hands dirty. All the wives who take out the garbage are hitting their husbands right now. You hear that? So Obadiah and me, that's our job. We do the garbage because God's daughters don't need to touch that stuff, they're God's daughters. They have other things that they're supposed to do, right? In every family, and in this family, all of us have roles to play. But in some ways, the things you learn in the house, you bring out of the house, isn't that true? Like the things you learn at home, you live out in the world. And so when we learn how to serve within the family of God, then we also get a taste for what it means to serve our neighbors and our coworkers and the people in our neighborhood and the people in our community and the people in the world that we live in. But we're trained up in the home so that we can go and live out in the world. And our goal as a church family is that each one of us pursues greatness in God's kingdom. We take on God's love for the world. We take on God's service to the world and we get conformed to it. We do it within the family and then we do it outside. So that we can be transformational agents transforming our community and our world because Jesus is real. So this opportunity is powerful. And I believe that there's many of you, God wants you to take that first step. Stop coming to church to get as a consumer, but you say, I'm gonna step into God's kingdom because I don't go to church, I am the church. I'm part of the people of God. And our world says just be a consumer. Go here, go here, get what you want. If it doesn't work for you, see, that's within the body of Christ, that's a disease right now. It's diseasing the people of God when people say, I'm just here to get. I don't like it. The music's too rockin'. It's too quiet. You know? As if we're there just to be like American Idol judges. No, we're all supposed to be involved working in the kingdom. I heard Spurgeon said it this way. I think it's so good. So good. And you'll always tell if you're a servant of the Most High God by your attitude. Spurgeon said it this way. When a hunting dog sits in the kennel too long, all it can do is complain about the fleas. But when that dog is on the hunt, you barely even notice the fleas. And what happens is, is we have a tendency to focus on the fleas because we're sitting in the kennel when we're not designed to sit in the kennel. It's not, you know, a hunting dog's not a lap dog. It's not like your little chihuahua that you walk around and, no, a hunting dog's supposed to be on a hunt. It's designed to be on the hunt. You never saw a hunting dog being like, man, my fleas are bugging me. No, it's just on the hunt. And you and I are designed by God to be in the hunt, not to be sitting around complaining about this or that. We're supposed to be getting at the work of God's kingdom. Brothers and sisters, we need to pursue greatness. And greatness in God's kingdom is that we be the servant of all. That we choose, like Jesus, to take the servant's place. Because look at what it says in verse 27 and 28, as I close this out. Look at what it says. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, this is what's important, is that you and I are Jesus-like when we serve. You are Jesus-like when you serve. See, look what he says. He says, the greatest in my kingdom is the servant of all, right? And then he says, and whoever desires to be first, whoever desires a place of preeminence among you, let him be as your slave. And you're like, what? I remember when I read this the first time, I'm like, really? If you want to be in first place, then you be as a slave. And then you're like, that's crazy. And then Jesus says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I love this about Jesus, because Jesus is not a spiritual teacher. He says, I want you to go where I won't go. He says, look, the reason I'm telling you this is because that's who I am. He's like, I, as the only begotten Son of God, God's first place, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a payment for many. See, so Jesus is saying in effect, listen, I want you to be just like me. I want you to grab hold of who I am. And I came not so that people would serve me, but I came to serve others and lay down my life for them. To pay the price because of the sins that we've committed, the mistakes that we've made. And my friends, I love this because I'm not encouraging you to serve Jesus. You're like, really? I thought we're connecting and serving. No, I'm encouraging you to let Jesus serve you and simply respond to that service that he's offered to you. See, connecting and serving is not about you serving Jesus. It's about you simply responding to Jesus's service of giving his life for you. And we respond in kind to Jesus. He has served us, and then we say, Lord, because you have served me and laid down your life for me, I am going to now serve others and I'm going to lay down my life for them. Not in a, the same way that Jesus did, because only Jesus can pay the price for sin, but we lay down our self-styled life so that God's resurrected life can flow through us, and we become a blessing within the family of God and in the world that we live in. And you become, and I become, Jesus-like when we serve.
0: Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel showed us that we have to learn to serve within our limitations. We're all limited by being human. We can serve people, and we can love people but only God can change them and only God can save them. Our role is to let the love and goodness of God shine through our lives to open up the door for God to do his work. When we know our limits, we are free to serve and to love in the way God loves. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here,
1: lead pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads.
0: Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to Jesusisrealradio.com Click on the Stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will show us that God wants to put a lot of love into the world through you and through me. There is one vital message we need to learn and that is to always love others. Once we get this concept, the world around us will change. We will change. What kind of love is it that we need to be sharing with the world? The self-sacrificing love that Jesus showed us on the cross. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Field Notes. Until then, may God bless.